You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. So I just, uh, I'm so excited. Um, we're wrapping up this Be the Message campaign and uh, series that we started uh, five, year, five weeks ago. And uh, I've been hearing a lot, a lot of good reports of people that have, that have really uh, enjoyed the series, benefited from the series. I was talking to a lady, did a, we did a, uh, a marriage yesterday, uh, married someone. And uh, one of the ladies comes to the church, and she talked to me about uh, the 21 minutes. So at the onset of the series or the campaign, we, we talked about taking 21 minutes for 21 days and read one chapter in the 21 chapters of John and uh, see what the Lord does. And so um, this uh, lady came and talked to me and said, Pastor, God has just really been ministering to me. Uh, during the time that I, that I spend in those 21 minutes. She said, I, I, I don't do them all the time, 21, but I, I, I've been trying to stop and pause and, and, and spend some time with God. And it's incredible what has happened inside of my, my, my heart and my soul. There's just been some great things happening. And it speaks to us of um, even some of the things that, um, that Jay, as he was leading us in worship today, uh, the things that he brought up in, in prayer and in his uh, leading us to the throne in, in praise and worship about there's so much chaos around us. There's so much noise around us. And, uh, and if we don't stop and be intentional about spending time with God, we get filled with everything else, right? And we, and we overflow with everything, all the problems, all the situations, all the maybe confrontations or crisis situations in our life. Um, and you're filled with that, but you're not filled with the peace that comes from, from Christ. And so, uh, so we've really been trying to be intentional in, in doing so. And if you remember, we also, when we started the campaign, this is a, a campaign from Pastor uh, Kerry Shook and his wife, Chris. Um, uh, in our small groups, we've been, we've been really growing in, in some of their, their messages. Uh, one of the things that really stands out is, is uh, he, he talked about Francis of Assisi. And St. Francis said something that is beneficial for all of us, and that is that we should continually be preaching the gospel everywhere we go. And if necessary, use words. In other words, we should be living out what Jesus has done in our lives. And so I thought it'd be a wonderful uh, end, uh, climax, let's call it, to our series by having uh, a couple testimonies uh, at the end of the series. And so first service, we had, um, we had a dear brother, Brady Whitman, who shared. It was incredible. And so uh, second service, we have uh, Joseph Ramos, uh, who's going to be sharing. And, and both of them have, um, what are you, you're going into the mic. <laughs> okay. Yeah, <I> mean. <laughs> They'll take care of you over here. <laughs> so we, we've got Joseph that's going to be sharing. And, and um, it's, see, every person, I could call any person in Are here, you really? and you would find that every person has a life message. 
We're all a message to someone. And, and I don't know what your message is, but you know what it is, and God knows what it is. And so um, anyone could come up, but we chose uh, these two individuals because I just really felt the Lord uh, wanted them to, to share. And so I had three questions that I, that I presented to them for them to kind of ponder uh, during the weekend. And, uh, and that's what we're going to be talking about right now. Uh, so the first question, and Joseph, first of all, thank you for you taking the courage to come up here and, and, and yeah, speak man. to all these lovely people. Yeah, good morning. Good morning. Okay, as well as uh, our podcast. Um, so, oh, the um, is, podcast is on right now? Podcast will, will be on, and, and uh, I shouldn't have said Ooh. anything. Tonight's going to get all nervous. No. So, <laughs> shout out to my mom. <laughs> so hey, mama. Shout out to your mom. <laughs> so, here is uh, the first question that I, that I uh, asked uh, both Brady and, and Joseph. Um, what was your life message before you made a decision to follow Jesus Christ? My life message. Mm. It was probably a message of, uh, of self. Okay. Uh, I, was, uh, I was full of myself. I was uh, at times, you know, pretentious, obnoxious. Those are all not good words. Um, you can't hear me? There you go. Oh, That's better. Put it right there. You got the fancy thing on your head and all that. I, 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 don't, I don't talk like that. I'm sorry. I'm nervous. So I make kind of light of things. Don't be I'm nervous. nervous. It's just I you and I. I don't have no worries. And the Lord. I have no worries. The Lord took my worries. Um, yeah, it was just, it was, I was full of myself. You know, I was, um, I didn't, I wanted to live life the way I wanted to live it. You know what I mean? The way I, I felt was right, and um, my influences around me were were a lot, you know, to do with that. Um, but yeah, it was just reckless at times, just not caring. I mean, I cared, but not the way I should have. Right. You know. Um, yeah. That's good, Joseph. Um, I think when we, when all of us think about it. Life, our life message outside of Christ really is based on ourselves. Right. And uh, thank you for, for answering that. So what, what were some defining moments that brought you to faith? Well, man, there's, you know what? God's been talking to me my whole life. Just little things, just, you know, saying, hey, you know, come with me. Just follow me. You know, like uh, there was uh, over 10 years ago, I almost died of an injury in my brain. I got traumatic brain injury. I didn't really listen then. Um, it was a little over years down the road. Uh, I lost my family on account of my own you know, selflessness. Um, so it was basically just alone. Right. You know, so I felt, for the first time in my life, I felt alone. Mm. That's what, I, that's what that brought me there. I was just like, I just threw my hands up and said, all right, Lord, I'm yours. Do mm. with me as you will. And that's what he's been doing. And uh, God is good. God is good, <laughs> yeah. So some, some, some difficult circumstances yeah. came into your life that kind of, those wake-up calls, right? Yeah, man. Those, those wake-up calls that all of us have that we, we're at the intersection of life and we begin to, to decide is, is my path the right way because it's really leaving me kind of messed up? Yeah. Um, yeah. 
So when you, you, when you came to faith, describe, describe you coming to faith. What, was, what, what did that look like? <sighs> Humbled. Um, you know, I just, uh, I need more. I, need, I wanted to be different. I wanted to be, to be changed. You know, I, I, I wasn't, I didn't like who I saw in the mirror. Mm. You know what I mean? I, like I said, I want to touch back on the reason why I lost my family. I'm, I was a, an adulterer. I did those things. I was that guy. You know, I mean, I, um, on, the, on account of my actions, I, I lost my family. Okay. You know what I mean? So that's, I want to get that off my chest. Right, right. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I humbled. I, um, every, he's touched on every single aspect of my life in the greatest way. God has. God has, man. He's, he's just enhanced it so much. Every little thing. Amen. Yeah, every little thing um, from my, uh, my relationships, my friendships, my relationships. <laughs> I don't have relationships. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you have relationships, right? I do. I have relationships. My I don't have relations. <laughs> Different than they were before, right? Yeah. Okay. But um, it just makes, you know, I'm, I'm kinder. I, I, I'm, I speak more from the heart. I, uh, it's, I'm easier to love on you. I love you. I love all you guys, you know, some more than others. But, you know, he, he, <laughs> Honesty's good. You're in church, right? But, yeah, so, I mean, I forgot where I was at. It was good. Whatever you were saying, it was good. Was bro. it? Yeah. All right. Like God has changed you. What God has changed me, bro. I'm still me, but I'm just a better me. Yeah. Um, he brought that out. And, you know, I'm, not, I'm, I'm far from perfect, but uh, I'm, I'm perfect in his eyes. Amen. Yeah, so. Amen. And, um, you know, every, every step that I took then or when I was that guy, it's, like he led me to a lot of different places, but you know, from that point where I I said, I'm yours. Take me, take me, Lord. I'm yours. It's just been progressively just making things better for me. Yeah. As a person, as a man, um, as a father, um, I'm able to you know, just feel good, man. It's just, it's a peace. And we had this talk about not too long ago. You know, the peace yeah. of God is on you. It's just, it's just. Feeling like no other. You can't. You can't buy that. You can't prescribe it. You know, having the peace of God with you is just. It's a feeling like none other. Yeah. You know. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's 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 very true. The the peace of the peace of God is is um, surpasses our understanding because it's wow. not ours. It's not our peace. It's God's wow. peace, right? Amen. And so, uh, so, so that is that is amazing. So you got baptized here at Living Word Chapel. Yeah, you got you got water baptized there you, with your daughter. Yeah. Your daughter yeah. got baptized My as well. Got baptized Pretty there. special day. Hi, baby. <laughs> Look at her. She's so cute. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You took a big step. Every step is gonna be my best step. Amen. Well, you, um, you, you answered uh, the third question. You talked about how God is progressively changing you and, and how that he's produced peace that, uh, that, that you didn't have uh, before, a different peace, um, because in the world we try to buy peace or we try to prescribe peace. So I think you nailed it, the Holy Spirit working in you. 
Um, is there anything that you would, if you want, you would say something to uh, a person here, and you're talking to to mul- a multitude? But what is the one thing that you think is the most important uh, thing that you would say to someone about God and about Jesus changing mm. your life? The one thing I didn't have you, I didn't have that question. But no, I didn't. You just kind of threw that out. And man. I just threw it out, bro. <laughs> Amen. I just roll that way. You it's, know hard to, it's hard to get cold feet when your soul's on fire. <laughs> um, so what is the one thing that you would tell someone if, if, if you, the last time you're going to talk to them, what would you say? Mm, there's always hope. Mm. Don't give up hope. You know, no matter what you've done, no matter what you've been, you, know, you can't erase the, the love that God has for you. That's powerful, bro. It's, it's, That's um, powerful. Yeah, man, that's, that's the word. That's, that's him. That's, that's powerful. He is powerful. Amen. So uh, give Joseph a big hand. Yay. You take the mic down. Yeah. Thank you. So I, I want for us to, um, I want to finish the, the series. I want us to go to chapter 9 of the, the Gospel of John. And this uh passage really spoke to me on the ninth day of, of the 21 minutes, 21 days. You know, every, every day uh, God would say something to me, and he would uh, work something in me, and I thought, this is a message I want to preach. And the reason that I wanted to preach this message is because it's, it's, a, it's a narrative of a, uh, a miracle that Jesus does but in that story, in that narrative, what you find is different categories of people. And I think that every one of us fall into one of these categories. You'll see how the disciples react. You'll see how Jesus reacts. You'll see how the religious leaders react. And you'll see how the man reacts and the parents as well. And as we, as we conclude the series, I, I, I believe that the Lord wants for us to, to uh, receive something that will empower us in a way that we can be the message of Christ. Uh, Joseph is a, is a different person today than he was uh, the, day before, the day before he gave his life to Jesus. The day he received Christ, something happened radical in him in his heart and his soul and he's not perfect i'm not perfect none of us are perfect but we're changed through the power of jesus and that's exactly what we're going to see in this story so i want to pray over the word and then we're going to we're going to look at it and and uh and 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 then we'll go from there so let's pray father thank you for uh just for who you are in our life not only are you our god god of everything but you're you're you 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 even uh call us your children you're our father through Jesus, and so I just pray your blessing over this this uh, second service. I pray over every word that I will speak as your uh, as your spokesperson, Lord God. I just ask that you would just uh, this work in me and through me, and I pray you speak to every heart and every person, Lord, that all of us will maybe leave the chaos for a little bit, leave the noise out for a little bit, and and just hear from you. So we pray this in Jesus' name, and everyone said. Amen. So chapter 9 starts out like this, and I'm going to read to verse 7. In in your outline, um, you have, I think, the first three verses, but I want to read a little bit more. And Jesus is, it says, Jesus, 
as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. So the man was blind when Jesus saw him. And his disciples, and this is very important, and his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi or teacher, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Now put that in your pocket right now. Put it because it's very important. Okay? Who sinned, this man or did his parents sin? That he is born blind, that he's in this circumstance. And Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sin, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. That's another one. Put that in your other pocket. Very important right there. He said, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. And he said, as long as I am in the world, as long as Jesus is in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said these things, he spat on the ground and he made clay with his saliva and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. Now, uh, the anointing was always through a special oil and Jesus, now he spits on the ground using his own uh, saliva and he makes his clay and anoints his eyes. And he said to him, go and wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sin. And so he went and washed and he came back seeing. He came back with a, with a mighty miracle. Now, now as, as, as you read the, the, the rest of the story, you begin to find out that there are different responses from different people. Everyone has a response. In other words, everyone's living out a message. And that's how our lives are. We are all responding to our circumstances in certain ways. We're all living out a message to whatever we're going through or for whatever we're going through. And we're responding in a certain way. Every one of us is. Every one of us fit in a category. And so I want to kind of describe the four categories to you and see if maybe you fit in one of them. The first category is the message of it's someone else's fault. It's somebody else's fault. Notice that when the disciples, when they encountered this man that was born blind, their first response was, who's to blame? Who's to blame that, that he's all messed up? In the world, they would say, who's to blame that he's all screwed up? Who, who, who did this, that, that his life is all messed up, right? In fact, the, the narrative says, Rabbi, who sinned? Teacher, who sinned? This man or his parents causing him to be born blind? See, he's blind because it's somebody's fault, or you're in this circumstance because it's somebody's fault. Someone did something to make him suffer the way that he's been suffering. But isn't it true for us that oftentimes in our lives when we face bad circumstances, that we succumb to blaming others? And sometimes we even succumb to blaming God for the circumstances that we're going through. And, and where do we get that? Where do we, where do we get that reaction? We get it from, from uh, our great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandfather, right? And grandmother, Adam and Eve. In fact, Adam and Eve, they had a perfect existence. They had one thing that they could do wrong, one choice that they could make that would be wrong. And guess what? They made that choice. They made that that, that, that uh, reaction, and, and, and guess what? We would have done the same thing because the Bible teaches us that all, short, all fall short of the glory of God. All fall short of the perfection of God. 
And so you look at Adam, and, and, and the, the first thing that happens is first response whenever, whenever uh, he, he fell, whenever he failed. It says that the man replied, and he told God, he said, the woman that you gave me, she, she gave me the fruit, and I ate it. The, it it's, it's the woman. It's, you know, it's not my fault, God. It's not, it's not my fault. It's the woman. See, Lord, you took the wrong rib. If you would have taken a rib from the other side, I know that woman would have done it right. She would have never been. And you know, Lord, you know, you know that I, you know how I am with food. You know, some of you, they offer you a taco. You're not going to say no. Or an enchilada or, you know, Cinco de Mayo yesterday, right? And he says, it's this woman that you, that you gave me. So, so we are, our, our tendency is to blame others. And then the Lord asked the woman, he said, what have you done? Now, here's the crazy thing. God knew. He knew Adam. He knew Eve. He knew everything. He's teaching us. He's teaching us that this is exactly who we are as people. We blame. And so the woman, it says, the, 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 what have you done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me, Lord. It's the serpent's fault. Why did you create a snake? You know that if a giraffe would have came to me, I would have never said anything. You know it, Lord. If a hippopotamus would have came, but that snake, it slithered. And so you blame, and, and she blamed, and, and here's where the disciples are. The disciples are in the same place. Who is at fault? And here is what we need to grab a hold of. Some of you guys have a life message. Some of you girls have a life message that you're blaming everybody else for your circumstances. And you go through your life continuously blaming everybody else. You blame people. You blame God. You blame yourself. You start blaming. There comes a time in our life, that we need to stop. There comes a, a, a time in our life that we have to stop blaming others for our circumstances. Here, here's what someone needs to know today. There will always be a woman that will come into your life and tempt you. And this is what someone else needs to know. There will always be a man that can come into your life and tempt you. And there comes a time in our life that you say no. There comes a time in our life that you quit blaming others. And what about the, the serpent? What about the, that, that, that old devil? You know, he's not going away anytime soon. The Bible's very clear about it, you know. We're tempted continuously by, by all his entourage and by all the temptations that are before us. And, and I love what, what James said. And, and that's my tocayo, by the way, James. James said this, he said, he said, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. You see, there comes a time in our life 
that we even stop blaming the devil for all the things that are going on around us. The disciples were going to learn a very important lesson that day. Let let me put it another way. The disciples learned a very important lesson that day. And here's the beautiful benefit is you and I are learning a very important lesson today. And that is that God, when he speaks to us, when God is in our life, God was in their life. Jesus was with them. They were walking with Jesus. You ever heard someone say, hey, I'm walking with Jesus. I'm walking with God. And we are when we have him, when we place our faith in him. They were actually walking with Jesus. They were walking with God. And in this, they still couldn't see things right. He was teaching them constantly, continuously. And what he was teaching them is you don't blame people for their circumstances. You trust God for his power to work in our lives and others. Anyone, I I know this service never would say anything like this. Maybe first service. Yeah, they probably would. Not second. You, 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 you have never said, what do you expect from them? Look at their parents. What, 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 do you, what do you expect from them? They're Democrats. What do you expect from them? They're Republicans. What do you expect? What do you expect from these people? Look at them. What do you expect from them? Look at them. They come from Chinatown, or they come from, you know, from Watts, or they come from the Vario, or they come from... What do you expect from them? Look at them. See, we, we, we have, we're notorious. We're notorious for blaming people for circumstances and our problems. And Jesus looks at his disciples and he's looking at you. And he's saying, this is an opportunity, not a problem. You hear me now? He's speaking to you. He's saying, This is an opportunity, not a problem. See, some of us, some of us have got some situations in our life that we've come out of some very dire situations, some from abuse, some maybe from neglect, all kinds of stuff that happens in our lives. Everyone has a story. But you're not a product of your circumstance if you're with God. You can be a product of his power. Are you with me? And that's what separates us from everyone else. See, the second category is the message of unbelief. You can say it's a message, it's, it's living the message of indifference, meaning it, it, it makes no difference uh, uh, to, to, to you. It makes no difference, didn't make a difference to the, the Pharisees. I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to believe no matter what. No matter what he does, I'm not going to believe. Have you ever noticed that there are some people in our lives who refuse to believe even when the proof is right in front of them? You ever had someone that that God is showing them that he is real, that he is true, and they don't see it because of their unbelief? The pages of the Bible are filled with people that, that, that Pharaoh, Pharaoh in Egypt, he was blinded by his unbelief, even all the things that God showed him. And in the story of the blind man, we find that in in verse 16, and and your homework is to read all of chapter 9, if you will. Um, But here in verse 16, it says, some of the Pharisees, and that's a key word, some. Because there's some people in here that you believe. And there are some people that are sitting here that you don't. 
And so God's going to speak to you continuously, and it's your, it's your choice to walk with God or not. And it's just here. So some of the Pharisees said, this, this man, Jesus, is not from God, for he is working on the Sabbath. See, their religious box hindered their faith. And there are some of you, your religious box hinders your faith. And there are some of your friends, their religious box hinders their faith because they see religion instead of Jesus. He's working on the Sabbath. Even when he healed a man that was born blind, they couldn't see the glory of God working in their life. Some of you, God wants to heal you from your blindness in faith. He wants to open up your eyes so that you can see God in every circumstance, so you can God in, see God in every situation, but you're blinded because you put God in a religious box. That's what the Pharisees did. Others said, others said, but how can an ordinary sinner do such incredible, miraculous signs and miracles? So there was a deep division of opinion among them. There, for some of them, there was nothing, there was nothing that Jesus could do to make them believe. And so their life message, their life message was one of denial, of faith. And you have people around you. Some of you, some of you have people that are around you. Some of you may be that person that it doesn't matter what God is doing, you still don't believe. In, in verse 19, it says, the Jewish leaders, they still refused to believe that the man had been blind and could now see, so they called in his parents. So they're saying, you know what? I don't think he was born blind. I, I think he could see all the time. Here, here's the good news. That God can even penetrate the mind of those that are convinced that Jesus is not the way. See, you may be in here today, sir or ma'am, and you may have a real difficulty with faith, and there's been a lot of people throughout history that have skeptics or doubters, but you need to know that God can and will penetrate your unbelief. So there's, there's a guy by the name of Lee Strobel. I was, I was hearing an interview with him the other day. Lee was talking to Brian Houston from Australia. They did an interview, and Lee Strobel uh, was an atheist. He was a very reputable, uh, very uh, uh, affluent, and very notable uh, journalist for the Chicago Tribune. He was actually a, a journalist, investigative journalist that investigated things, many awards. His world was rocked one day because his wife gave her life to Jesus Christ, and he was so upset that he was ready to divorce her. And this is what Lee Strobel said. He said, to be honest, I didn't want to believe that Christianity could radically transform someone's character and values. Joseph, it's exactly what, what you were saying. That's what, that's what he said. He said, to be honest, I didn't, I didn't want to believe that Christianity could radically transform someone's character and values. It was much easier to raise doubt and manufacture outrageous objections than to consider the possibility that God actually could trigger a revolutionary turnaround in such a depraved and degenerate life. And he's talking about himself because all of us put on a front, but all of us are filled with dirt. 
All of us are filled with imperfections in our life. Even the best and the best of people, we are filled with things in us that need to be cleansed, and they can only be cleansed through Jesus Christ. And his turnaround came in that he investigated Christianity for two years, talked to the greatest scholars about the possibility of the, of the resurrection, and he looked at the historical Jesus, and his conclusions were over and beyond that Jesus is and was who he said he was, and that the resurrection made more sense than not sense. And he gave his life to Jesus Christ. But let me tell you what's keeping some of you guys. You're in this category. Let me tell you what's keeping some of you, your life message. Let me tell you what's keeping some of us from walking in the fullness of Christ. Sometimes our life message is one of fear and intimidation. You see, there were, there were the parents. There were the parents of the man that was healed. And the parents of the man that was born blind, they were so intimidated by the religious leaders that they were afraid to answer. Intimidation and fear have a crippling effect. Here's how the narrative goes. Verse, verse 18 in chapter 9. The Jewish leaders, they called in his parents. They asked them, is this your son? Was he born blind? If so, how can he now see? And his parents replied, we know this is our son and that he was born blind, but we don't know how he can see or who healed him. Ask him. Don't get us involved, right? It goes on. Ask him. He is old enough to speak for himself. And his parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders who had announced that anyone saying that uh, Jesus was a Messiah would be expelled from the synagogue. That's why they said he is old enough. Ask him. Don't get me involved in this Jesus miracle. Don't, I don't want any, any part to play with it. Think about it. Instead of them rejoicing over the, the healing of their son's eyesight, they should have been jumping up and, dying, uh, uh, up and down, saying, you know what, this is my son, he was blind, and now he can see, and, and, and he said, is it this Jesus? And woo this is awesome. But they were intimidated, and they were afraid, and it prevented them from walking in faith. And I think a lot of us, we struggle with the acceptance of others, and we will actually walk away from the power of God to be accepted by other people. We will succumb. I'm speaking to someone in here today. You'll succumb. You'll put yourself in a place where you will compromise the power of God so that you'll be accepted by your peers who are denying that God can work in your life. I love the way Lecrae put it. And God's trying to speak to someone. I can sense it in my spirit. God is trying to speak to someone. He's speaking to your heart. I love the way Lecrae put it. Lecrae said this. He said, every, he said, my desire for acceptance is one of the crosses that I carry. Every morning I have to attend a funeral. My own. I have to wake up and once again die to my desires for people's approval. See, your approval of people will hinder what God wants to do in your life. 
Someone might say to you, because maybe I, not maybe I heard it when I came to the Lord, hey, it's okay for you to go to church, but don't become one of those hallelujahs. Don't become one of those, don't, 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 be, don't be pulling out that black book, that Bible. Hallelujah means highest praise. How can we not become a person of hallelujahs if we're praising the highest God? The only true God. But some of you, because I've been there, you're in, you, you, you want the approval of man more than you want the approval of God. Why, why do people, when we baptize people, you know what the biggest struggle for people is? Religion. I was baptized when I was a baby. But you had nothing to do with that. Every, every, every person in the Bible was baptized when they were an adult, when they knew what they were doing. And so the biggest obstacle is I don't want to shake any ruffles up. I don't want to ruffle any feathers. I don't want to ruffle any family things, you know. Because the approval of man is so, there's so much pressure, intimidating. How about sometimes people say, oh, I was talking to a lady after the wedding. They're like, oh, that was a wonderful uh, uh, service, da 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 all these things. And I, I've heard so much about this church. But I go to this church, and I said, well, praise God, go to that church. And when I, and I'm, I may, uh, I may, uh, I may, uh, don't be a, uh, be a Christian, be a believer, be a follower of Christ. I pray you guys don't walk out and say, I'm a living word chapel person. No, you're not. You're a child of God. You're a believer. You don't have to be intimidated by religion. You don't have to be intimidated by the pressures of this world. But you've got to die to self. You've got to die. You've got to die to that acceptance. And we all do. I, I have struggled with that my whole life. I always wanted people to say, oh, look at James. Biggest struggle. My prayer constantly is that, they will, that I will say when they talk to me, when they're around me, oh, look at Jesus. Look at how good God is. Paul, Paul told Timothy, the apostle Paul, Timothy was a very timid, young leader. And, and, and Paul told Timothy something that was very important to him because, see, Timothy was, was pressured by the religious, religious people of that day. Even in the church, we have pressure. You know how many people come and talk to me, well, you should be doing this, you should be, we should be doing this. You, you know, we, we don't play this music. We, we, why do we play that? Why do we do this? We can be fearful and say, oh, you're right, and, you know, we'll do this and we'll do that and we'll do this. Before you know it, you'll see me like a, like a local, right, you know. A crazy person. But Paul told Timothy, he said, you need to know this, Timothy. God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity. See, that's not, that's not God. When you're fearful of people, when you're, when you're living a message of intimidation, that's never God. He said, God has not given you a spirit of fear or timidity, but he's given you a spirit of power. Of love and of self-discipline, 
of self-control. See, that's the spirit, that the life message that we all have. If you're, if you're a believer here, and some of you guys are here, and God's speaking to you. He's, he's wanting to love on you. You can't do life without God. It's impossible. If there's a creator, we need to, we need to know that we're the created. And if there's a creator, we need to submit to his leading and guiding. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth, here in my life, as it is in heaven. This same God sent Jesus to die on the cross to cleanse you from all your failures, all your mistakes. But not only that, to change your life message, to pour his spirit into your soul so you wouldn't be intimidated by people. So you won't be intimidated by religion. And it brings us to the last category. And that is the category that you're living a life message that's filled with the power of God. You see, we are either going to be defined by our negative circumstances or we're going to be transformed in or from our circumstances through the power of God. When you see people that their life message is one where the power of God is working in them and through them, it's an awesome thing. When those disciples, when, 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 they, when they were presented with this opportunity and they saw this blind man, Struggling or whatever was going on, something, something led them to get their, fix their gaze, get their attention on him, for them to ask the question. This opportunity was an opportunity for them to see what Jesus was going to do. And Jesus' response is something that you need to put into your heart. He said, it's not because of his own sin and it's not because of his parents' sin, but this has happened so that the power of God can be revealed. Can I, can I speak to someone here? Can I tell you that whatever circumstance you're in, whatever's happened in your life, is not bigger than the power of God? Can I tell you, you don't have to be defined by what's happened to you or what's happening to you. You don't have to be defined by that. You can be defined today by the power of the living God working in and through you. God doesn't want for us to have a message of blaming others for our mistakes. God doesn't want for our life message to be one of doubt and skepticism. He doesn't want for your life message to be filled with fear and intimidation. But he does want your life message to be filled with the power of Jesus Christ. And, and here's the thing, here's the thing. Some of you, I might not speak to you ever again. I pray that I will. Some of you will, will walk out the doors, maybe never hear my voice, but you're hearing it now. And I think God has spoken to you. It's not me. I don't have any power. 
I don't have any power, but I have a Savior who has power. I have a God who's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above anything you could ever think or ask. And, and that God wants to live with you. He's inviting you right now. He's inviting you. He wants for you to get off of that, that blame game. He wants for you to get off of that, that, that skepticism, that doubt. He wants for you to put that aside. He doesn't want you to be fearful and intimidated anymore. He wants to pour his power into your life. But here's the beautiful thing. He will not force you to receive his power. He will not force you to receive and welcome him into your life. That's all you. to give you an opportunity for you to say, Jesus, I need you. I need you. I want you. This man right here that came up and spoke, he said, yes. He said, yes. He said, Jesus, I need you. And he said, from his own mouth, you know, you can hear the proof and the pudding. He said, I have peace that I never knew before. Some of you guys have no peace. You have no peace. Peace only comes from God. You can leave here with peace of heart, peace of mind.